His beard belonged to the most fervent of believers, as did the AK-47 he carried slung over a shoulder and the bejeweled dagger strapped to his calf. But Saeed was not Pakistani, nor was he a Pashtun from the southern provinces of Afghanistan or an Uzbek from the north. Born Michael Christian Montgomery in London, England, Saeed was the bastard offspring of a cancerous British officer and a teenage Egyptian whore. His father had died while he was a boy, leaving him a polished accent and not much more. Unable to care for him, his mother returned to Cairo and gave him over to the madrasas, the religious schools that gifted him with an Islamic education. His childhood was brutish and short. It was a natural progression to the camps where he learned the creed of the gun, memorized the verse of violence, and worshipped at the altar of rebellion and from there to the killing fields of Palestine, Chechnya, and Serbia. At twenty, the Sheikh found him. At twenty-one, Michael Christian Montgomery ceased to exist. It was Abu Muhammad Said who swore the oath, accepted the mark, and joined Hijira. Skirting a convoy of carts piled high with Korean fabrics, Tibetan rugs, and Panasonic televisions still in their factory packaging, he reached the Tikram Mosque. The doors were open, and inside the shadowy hall a few men lay on prayer rugs, prostrate in worship. His eyes returned to the street. Scanning the intersection ahead, he felt a new pain lash his back. This time, however, it was not the jagged belt that provoked his discomfort. It was fear. He could not see the store. Somehow he had taken a wrong turn. He was lost. Frantically, Saeed turned his head this way and that, it could not be. He was at the Tikram Mosque. He had seen the photographs. He had studied the maps. Despair washed over him. Others were waiting. The countdown had begun. Seven days. The thought of failure turned his bowels to water. Terrified, he wandered into the street. A horn blared in his ear, loud, very loud, but from another universe altogether. Saeed jumped back a step and a jitney lumbered past, passengers hanging from the doors, clinging to the luggage rack. In its wake, a cloud of rank exhaust choked the already oppressive air. He could not go on. He could not go back. Truly, he was damned. The exhaust dissipated, and he saw it. The gold letters emblazoned on a black field. Batya's gold and precious jewelry. His despair vanished. In its place came joy, the light of a thousand suns. Inshallah, God is great he whispered, a bolt of piety swelling his heart. Guards stood on either side of the doorway, Kalashnikovs to their chests, fingers tickling the trigger guard. Saeed passed them without a glance. They were not there to protect jewellery, but cash, primarily U.S. dollars and gold ingots. Batya's reputation as a jeweller might be suspect, but his trustworthiness as a hawaladar, or money broker, was unquestioned. Faisan Batya had long served the local smuggling community as its agent of choice. He was the only broker in the region able to handle the large sums that Abu Sa'id required. In Arabic, hawala means to change, and in Hindi, trust. Put simply, it was the hawala broker's job to effect transfers of cash from one city to another. Some of his clients were traders, eager to repatriate their earnings after selling their haul in the bazaar. 
Others, simple folk wishing to send money home to loved ones in Karachi, Delhi, or Dubai. Both groups shared a distrust of the bureaucracy and paperwork demanded by the country's less-than-solvent banks. For them, Hawala was a welcome alternative. A system built on trust, hidden from intrusive eyes. A system that had been in place when Arab traders plied the Silk Road hundreds of years ago. Batya, a fat Indian with a streak of grey in his hair, stood imperiously behind the counter. As Saeed approached, he eyed the customer's caked clothing and unwashed face with undisguised contempt. "'I would like to make a transfer,' Abu Saeed whispered when he was close enough to taste the man's breath. "'It is a matter of some urgency.' The Indian did not move. "'The Sheikh sent me.' Faisan Bhatia's eyes flickered, but only for an instant. Come this way. Chapter 2